It takes more than automatically adding, what is it you're actually trying to do, to all tickets to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 334. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-technical stuff that helps you avoid getting started on a ticket because you claim there's not enough information on it. Oh, okay. I thought this was like a I thought this was a recognition that often people ask about how to do something specific when really they want a more general problem solved. Or the opposite, right? Yeah. The classic XY problem, I think, is what you're referring to? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Or or the Stack Overflow thing. I feel like every time I ask a question... Well, no. Well, you go ahead. You you say it. Well, I was just going to guess what you meant. So maybe you should just tell me what you meant. I just want you to guess now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, I'll just say it. I feel like when I ask questions on Stack Overflow, this is often the response. Yeah. Which is like... What are you actually trying you to don't, do? You don't want to do that thing. Right. You, you don't want to plug your computer's power brick into itself right like (laughs) (laughs) why why do you want to do that let's do that a better way instead let's find out what your actual problem is actually i make fun of this but it is actually a really good question for engineers to ask because it happens a lot where people come with a very specific question and it's like this question's a little weird what is it you're trying to accomplish it's like oh well i'm just trying to become a billionaire okay well I think building a multi-level peanut business is probably not really your question. Like it's built out of peanuts? Yeah, exactly. Like the the building is made from peanuts. (laughs) It it is multiple levels, but also it's a multi-level marketing company. Okay. They misunderstood what that that meant. (laughs) Yes. How do I build a multi-level office? Oh, what is it you're trying to accomplish? Well, what I'm trying to accomplish is scamming all my friends and family out of their money. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can help you with that. <laughs> I feel like that XY problem is common across disciplines, not just software. I imagine it happens. Wikipedia with... says that it is a communication problem encountered in the following applications. Help desk, technical support, software engineering, and customer service. <laughs> well, good thing I can edit it. Hang on. <laughs> and... Friends and family trying to build Auto businesses. Auto mechanics. <laughs> I don't know. Now, the flames fire directly into my face when I step on the gas. How do I make the flames fire straight up in the air? <laughs> I guess you could lump auto mechanics into technical support in, in some for some definition of technical support. Sure. My car's making this <laughs> noise, but it needs to make a <laughs> noise. <laughs> what do I do? Oh, you want to impress your friends. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's get you a haircut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> well, should we thank our sponsor? Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Hired, which is the best way to quit your job and get a new one. You will hear more about them later. You can also go to Hired.com slash soft skills to bump our numbers up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes us look good. Tell him Jameson sent you, and uh, this is not an XY problem. I actually need yeah. to do this. All right, shall I thank our patrons? Yes. The following folks are contributing at the on Patreon at the level where we shout their name out every single week. They are Valentine at Datafold, Santa Hopar, Noah Fraser Logue, Kent T. Dodds, Memester Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Chartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, 
That was Cheating Jameson, Lanfair, Puil Gwingingolo, Gogorish, Rickling, Roda Blinkung, Ante, Sile, Gogogok, Kashakton, Ohio, Patreon.com.au, we're hiring Ira Chan, Monkey Face Emoji, Jonathan King, Testing is Documenting.org, Oladapo Fadi, Will Angel, Rocket Chip Emoji, but Rocket Chip is hyphenated, Rangar, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Braden Keynes, John Grant, Cody Sale, Nick Cantar, and Philip Jambasil. If you would like to support this show and get your name announced or whatever safe for work thing you want us to say, Go to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And uh, any dollar amount will get you access to our Slack community and only a substantial contribution, one which makes Jameson's heart skip a beat, will be considered (laughs) for saying any name or word of your choice on the show. Your name will be etched in the annals of history. The annals of history are just the backlog of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. (laughs) The reruns. All right. Uh, you, should uh, I read like, our first? Oh, you, you read my mind. <laughs> yes. I will now read your question, listener, not Dave's question. Okay. Long time question asker, first time listener. I recently started to go back through the original episodes of this podcast, where a few episodes were themed around networking, open source work, and building your personal brand. Let me just take this moment to disavow anything that I've said ever in the past. <laughs> All right, hopefully that clears things up. Okay, (laughs) back to the question. I just wanted to share my network equals net worth story. About a month ago, my CEO was terminated by our board of directors a week after it was announced that we were having layoffs for the vast majority of the company. I had been with this company for around four years. A lot of my work had been doing open source projects and interacting with various other companies. Unfortunately, I was one of the people who was let go as part of these layoffs. I immediately reached out to various folks in the open source world that I've interacted with, seeing if their companies had any openings. Within two weeks, I was able to get an interview and an offer without any technical interviews, or without a technical interview, sorry. Building my personal brand, interacting with the open source community had turned a pretty stressful situation into one that was relatively less stressful. Nice. I'm really glad that worked out for you. This is, it might not work out for everybody, I guess. Uh, and, And it feels like a lot of things had to, go correctly for this to happen a lot of my work has been doing open source so a lot of your work at the company was on open source which is awesome and and a thing a lot of people aspire to and lots of them do not achieve i'm sure that helped it'd be interesting to hear how you how you got that that'd be cool yeah i mean this is this is a great this is a great example of why it's important to know a lot of people who can help you (laughs) in bad times right i mean that's this is great. And now, as with the tradition of our show, I just feel compelled to say something silly in this serious situation where someone lost their job and got lucky and found another one quickly. Do I have your permission to do so, Jameson? You have my approval. I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to poke fun at the question asker just a little because I love you. But I just thought it's I was reading through here and I thought, "Oh, there's a little detail in here that got mentioned uh that didn't directly contribute to the to the question or the comment, but I think I'm going to play armchair quarter or not armchair quarterback, armchair psychologist for just a moment. It's interesting how the question asker mentioned that uh, the CEO was laid off and a whole bunch of other people and me. It was like, listen, I was laid off, but so was the CEO. So you know, it's cool, right? Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just me, yeah. And I just thought to myself, yeah. that's exactly what I would say too if I were telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. Listen, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I was laid off, but they also fired the CEO. So really no one was safe. Yeah. You find the most 
competent or recognizable person who was laid off. Exactly. Attach yourself to them. It's like when the Jedi Council laid off Yoda and also me. <laughs> Yoda and I, we walked out of there with our heads held high. That's right. <laughs> I mean, arm in arm. My head was a little higher than his because he's like a foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So can we talk about personal brand for a minute? Sure. I, I remember, Jameson, years ago, and and I, yeah, I'm i glad you added the little disclaimer at the beginning of this one. One of the risks of doing a podcast for this many years is that uh, I guess your and my, let's just say, I'm going to venture to say the word wisdom, which might mm-hmm. be inappropriate, but wisdom levels may increase with age. And we may come to regret some of the things we've said in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I am remembering, I do re- very much remember the episode where we talked about personal brand. And I remember Jameson had a, a visceral, guttural reaction to the word. And if I recall correctly, you didn't even want to say the word. <laughs> am I remembering yeah, this right? Probably. I, I still feel it. Yeah. I'll say it now. It gives me the... Squigglies. Yeah, yeah. The squigglies are bad in this case. Right. <laughs> That's in case that... <laughs> I'm glad you clarified because it was not clear to me. But yeah. the uh, I think that when we say personal brand, we have this idea of someone who is more interested in promoting themselves than they are in being helpful and useful to others. By which I mean, if you had to take time to if you had to choose how to spend your time, you would choose to spend it creating marketing material about you instead of creating solutions to problems or contributing to the success of team of a team or contributing success to an open source project or helping out a friend. You know, it's like for some reason, the word personal brand carries that connotation uh, for me. Yeah, it's it's slightly scammy almost. Uh, yeah, to- exactly. Trying to trick people into thinking you you I don't know you know more than you do. Yeah, something. it's like it's like the opposite of imposter syndrome. It's like I'm proud to be the imposter. <laughs> yeah, know? but that's not. I think not everyone thinks of that when they say personal brand. You know, and, and when I think about you know what is my personal brand, it's not something that I focus on as a primary goal to build my personal brand. What I tend to focus on as, as a primary goal is to be as helpful and useful as I can. But then if I take a step back and look at it, I go, oh, I guess that's my brand, right? Yeah. My brand is not self-congratulation, self-promotion, and buying ads on Twitter so that I can advertise my own self-awesomeness, <laughs> right? I mean, if if your goal is to be as useful as you can, then I think the ends justify the means, right? If it takes a little bit of, a little bit of growth hacking. Then why not? A little bit of financial fraud maybe <laughs> well it's not a it's you're not wrong because if no one knows how helpful or useful you are then your helpfulness will actually be limited so some self-promotion is necessary yeah uh and i think there's just a balance to be struck here and um i think we've met people who have struck the balance too much on the vacuous substanceless shameless self-promotion and not enough on being actually helpful and useful. And it's those people that give the term personal brand a bad name because they're the ones that use the term the most and the most loudly. <laughs> <laughs> they go to conferences about their personal brand. Yeah. If a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? That's how it goes, right? 
Uh, no matter how many people are... Wait, yeah, shoot. Th- no. There was one aspect of if that. If a tree... <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> the tree falls in a forest and there's no one around. Does it make a sound? Is that it? That is a saying that I've heard. Okay. That is, I feel like, applicable to what you said earlier, where if if you develop some great skill and knowledge at a thing and you desire to use it effectively and also maybe help other people develop that skill and knowledge you got to talk about it it's for the greater good if you if you have this weird guilt you can't get over like i do then just think about how the ends justify the means like all great people do just kidding (laughs) it can be tricky Hmm. there wasn't technically a question here yeah there wasn't but i felt like it was an opportunity for us to respond to maybe a soft criticism of our distaste for the idea of personal brand and investing time and effort into that. Because I think what's actually happening here is this person has presented a scenario that we, you and I totally agree with. They invested a lot of time. Like in, where they got laid off? or Yeah, like mean? I agree with the decision to fire <laughs> this person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, what I mean to say is uh, uh, this person decided to invest time in making connections with other engineers, in doing valuable things for open source projects and being able to then have access to a network of friends when the time came that they needed it. And I'm sure we'd be willing to extend a a hand to people that find themselves needing help as well in the future. And that's something I absolutely agree with. Now, would I, would I slap the label personal brand on that as the primary motivator for all this work? Probably not. Like that wouldn't be the primary thing I would say, but I would say that this person has invested in human connection in being useful and helping others, and that's a great thing, and it paid off. You don't know. Maybe they maybe they pay a photographer to take these classy shots that they use as headers for all of their pull requests. <laughs> Custom logo that they slap on <laughs> every GitHub comment. <laughs> <laughs> There's one other principle I wanted to talk about, which is the idea of making your work durable. All right, you'll you'll do work for a company. And it will get deployed and have some effect within that company. But often, especially if you don't work on open source things like this person, mm-hmm. you, you work at a place for years and then you leave and there's not much you can publicly show for it besides the experience that you have in the, and, and kind of the capabilities you have. And even that you can only really show through your own description of the situations. Yeah. yeah. But if you can find some way to create some kind of durable artifact legally without uh, stealing stuff or walking away with a hard drive full of source code or whatever that you can point to and and, and bring with you. Maybe you keep a lab notebook and then you kind of like redact the the private stuff for the, the trade secrets or whatever. Maybe you write blog posts based off your work experience, something like that. Mm-hmm. That is a form of... of proof that you can pull out of proprietary work that you kind of get for free with open source work because everyone can just look at what you've yeah. done. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I think it's great, you know, to be able to have kind of a portfolio that you can show. Yeah, a portfolio. That's a good way to Is put it. Is that the word? Yeah. And some people do a better job at this than others. And, and honestly, a portfolio is, it's usually not a deal maker or breaker in my experience when hiring people. In fact, I think I have very rarely gone in and read people's code 
that they link me in GitHub to say, look at these open source contributions I've made, because it's just a lot of work as an interviewer to do that, <laughs> you know? And, and I would rather look you in the eyes, ask you a very pointed question, and then make a decision from my gut. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, nevertheless, like this person has pointed out, I think, a slightly different situation, which is that they did a whole bunch of contributions in the open source community, made a bunch of connections, and those very connections were able to offer them employment in their time of need. But notice how they didn't say, I brought all of these open source contributions with me in portfolio form and presented them to an employer who mm. previously didn't know me and they were impressed yeah. by my contributions and hired me. It wasn't that. Yeah. What was it? It was the actual human connection that led to the hire. And I think that's, that's a good point. an important takeaway here. Yeah, and that might be easier to to pull off at a at a private company where your work is less public. Like you just stay in touch with people. Yeah. All right. Have we discussed the text yeah <laughs> since there was no question yeah yes. I, I think so and and i i guess the what i'm hoping everyone takes from this is that we do agree that it's a great thing to have a strong vibrant network of people that you stay in contact with and that you you strive to maintain human connection like it's a really really important thing i think that for me has been the lesson of the last couple of years when covid struck anyways that these human connections yeah. are really important and my work life is actually a big part of my human connection potential. I don't know if James yeah. has the same kind of thoughts, but I do. So yeah, yeah. Question answered. I guess totally agree. Yes. Hey, Jameson, have you heard about the Great Resignation? Is it that Charles Dickens book? <laughs> Wait, no. The entire population on Earth has started taking our advice of quit your job. Oh uh, yes, that's right. Apparently, we have achieved influencer status. We've been telling developers for years to quit their jobs, and now we want to tell you how to do it. We're ready to reveal the secret. I mean, you don't just walk out shooting finger guns. <laughs> yes. Well, you do that first. But after you do that, there's a new service we want to tell you about called Hired. What is Hired, Dave? Hired is the biggest AI-driven marketplace that matches engineers with companies. It is a great way to find your next job. I've been watching this industry for 20 years with a keen interest on hiring in particular, and I've never seen anything like Hired. Tell me about what you're seeing. So I've interviewed about 150 people in the last year, and I am serious. Every candidate that's come to me through Hired has multiple offers, and they're incredibly high, scary high, like 30% higher than other candidates. Is that before or after the finger guns? <laughs> yeah, uh, both. <laughs> the beauty is it's totally free for engineers. Uh, and we would love for you to go try it. Go to Hired.com slash soft skills to check it out. Hired.com slash soft skills. Quit your job the best way and check out Hired. Dave, will you read our next question? Yes, this comes from an anonymous listener. Oh, no, a, a listener named Stochastic Beaver who asks, I've recently joined a big tech company remotely and my team is super awkward. That's all capitalized awkward. No one says anything non-work related in team chat. My manager is the only one with the camera on in team-wide meetings. I barely see anyone's face. When I try to chit-chat about their life during one-on-ones, somehow they don't feel like that interested in talking about themselves. So I eventually stopped asking anymore. In meetings, my manager is the most vocal person within the team, and the other people barely speak. As a result, it always feels like my manager's a one-man show trying to make a conversation and discussion and throwing a joke, and the response are usually some LOL in the chat. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> 
It's not that the team members are not engaged on the team. Everyone is very passionate, and I usually see their work-related messages, code reviews, and emails coming back and forth after the evening, even on weekends. Is this normal that all the people are extremely shy on the same team? I like the work and the problem we're solving, but sometimes I find that the silence in the air is suffocating me, and I also want to establish a good relationship with my coworkers. Am I asking too much for them in work? Thanks for listening. I feel that that one man show vibe sometimes. It's it's not even uh, there's a strong culture of keeping your camera on in meetings at my current workplace, but just it's just weird to talk a lot in zoom to a group of people because the feedback is so muted it is and then if two people try to talk at the same time one of them ends up not being heard and then you have to say what oh can you repeat that it's just oh yeah and especially if you're trying to be goofy or tell jokes that's when you need to hear everybody it's when you need the feedback it's so true and i gotta tell you so i i recently changed jobs and my new job is hybrid in-person remote whereas my previous job was 100 percent remote and being back in an office in a conference room full of people chatting for an hour about a problem or in a meeting going through you know the meeting agenda it's like a whole different world i mean i <laughs> had just forgotten the joy of being in a room with other people and having these little quips and interchanges that happen naturally between agenda topics that that remote meetings just kill yeah well Way to brag about it, Dave. Jeez. It's now great. I'm missing on it. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is, Jameson, you and I can have these joking kind of chit-chat moments. So maybe it's maybe it's a, a one-to-many problem, whereas yeah. one-on-one it actually works okay. Yeah, maybe it just doesn't scale. Or yeah. maybe if your team did a podcast together for like a decade, <laughs> then... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it would be smooth. You know what I found? I've actually found, and, and this is maybe an actual answer to the question or a tip for answering the question, is this person said they've tried doing one-on-ones, but even in the one-on-ones, they can't get people to talk about themselves. You know what I have found is that if you pick up your actual cellular phone and dial the person on the phone and they answer on their phone and you hold the phone to your ear and talk, it's like, it's much better. People are more really? open. Yeah. I started doing this in my last company where I would just pick up my phone and call people instead of getting on a, a Zoom. And we would just talk and probably nine times out of 10, the conversation would drift to something a little more personal and relationship building instead of just, interesting. you know, we're at work, this is my chat. It's like it's kind of like when people gather at a cu- in a cubicle in the office as opposed to bumping into each other in the hallway. You know, hey, how's it yeah. going? Um, it, it has that vibe. Um, also, I hmm. think for some reason, the cellular network or maybe the you know, the plain old telephone system network, the POTS network, is better able to deliver duplex audio without uh, clobbering people's audio when they talk over each other or whatnot. Mm. But anyway, for whatever reason, it just worked for me. It was much, much better. You've uh, you've suggested that millennials approach their natural enemy, the phone call. <laughs> it's the only known predator of Sworn, millennials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fierce apex predator of millennials. Well, maybe, and maybe that's a generational thing too, is that I grew up in high school spending a lot of time on the phone talking to my friends. And so maybe this is just brings me back. And as I think about the people I've been talking to, many of them are my age, my generation. And so maybe that's actually mm. what's happening here is uh, it's a comfort thing for me and them. And maybe it wouldn't work if you were uh, from a different generation. I've done, I used to go on walking meetings and I would have video off so people wouldn't see me huffing and puffing. Uh-huh. 
which is actually really hard because, especially when I start out, I'm not in the best cardiovascular shape. And there is a, a pattern of breathing and speaking that I'm used to at work that's based on me remaining completely still, <laughs> not moving at all, not not having any breath dedicated to anything besides just making deliberate noises. Uh-huh. And when I'm walking, it's there's even if I'm not just really gassed, uh-huh. I, I feel like I'm holding my breath part of the time because I'm trying not to let out these big like, whoo. <laughs> that's so interesting. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll try on the phone, but standing very still. So like when you're sitting down, you're dedicating all of your effort to that what that one short story calls squeezing the air through your meat. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that I'm before? I'm not familiar with that short story. Is that it? Is that the whole story? Yeah, the whole story is that this alien civilization discovers like Earth, and they're describing humans to each other. And th- the way the aliens choose to describe humans is they're just meat. And the one alien is like, well, how do they communicate? Oh, I think I have read that one. And yeah. The, and the other alien says, they communicate by squeezing air through their meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole... That's humanity. Yeah, I need the air going through my my meat to be devoted to talking because right. there's not enough <laughs> to walk up a moderate incline and talk. <laughs> so I got to train, I guess. I got to train my way up. I had some great, you know, back back when we used to meet, you know, and we used to work in an office full-time, I had some great walking meetings with people. Those were pretty effective. I used to do that. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, re- and, and you're saying you've done that on the phone now, except it's on Zoom with the camera off. Yeah, but maybe I should just do it on the phone. I feel like my cellular network got much worse as well, so the latency is bad. Maybe yeah, I'll maybe. try it on the phone again. And then you take a few steps and you drop off. You drop out of the network. Yep. And then a few more steps, you're back in. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Maybe maybe you should invest in landlines for all your team. Mm. And and get those cordless phones that can go just into just like maybe a hundred feet away from the base station. <laughs> people can walk circles in their living rooms or maybe if they have a yard they can actually step outside oh i don't know how anybody talks without pacing yeah i do too i, I when, am incapable of doing when that. i get on the phone i just walk circles in a room yeah kind of weird uh hope that helps <laughs> <laughs> let's see so the team feels awkward they 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 are productive and engaged in the work but not in the squeezing the air through the meat. They're not, yeah. <laughs> they have no interest in connecting meat to meat. This might be a feature for some of these people because there are definitely people that that prefer to operate this way. That, uh, like text, um, having their camera on can be very burdensome or draining for them. I've I've known people like that, mm-hmm. where it's like a it's like a recovery thing where they 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 need to not feel that eyeball on them where it wouldn't be as bad if it were in an in-person meeting Mm -hmm. so that doesn't really help you change it at all because maybe maybe they don't want it to change maybe they're comfortable with the way that it is right now yeah maybe um yeah i've certainly worked for teams that have very low interest levels in connection with one another social connection with one another uh, but are still doing great work productive like this team is described I don't know how to change a team like that, and I'm I'm not sure that I would try too hard, you know, because I'm trying to think like what's the outcome you're going for with that. Yeah, I mean, is it is it for you to feel more comfortable 
so and that happens by by way of more vocal chatter in meetings and and more kind of connection about people's outside of work lives yeah which maybe it is and that's fine you know what you could do is have an outage okay and then everybody gets on the call and you're kind of in this foxhole together uh-huh. and especially if there's an outage where you have to wait for something to like you know you're waiting for the database backup to restore yeah it's not like you can do anything right now but you also don't want to just drop off because you need to you need to do a thing right when it's done you just sit there yep and and swap stories and and save the world together so create a fake emergency yeah well no it just or a real make one. a real one i don't okay. know just, yeah delete some data it's <laughs> okay. fine give my permission uh, all right and then they can bond over a, a common enemy oh you could just make yourself the common enemy and then oh. your your teammates will bond with each other against you but mission accomplished they're now talking just not to you yes Another thing that sticks out to me is this says recently, I've recently joined a big tech company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be just a timing thing um, that is perhaps exacerbated by remote work where you're still fairly new to the group and it just takes a little bit longer to develop those personal relationships mm-hmm. remotely. So maybe maybe give it a little more patience. One other suggestion that might or might not be helpful is to see each other in person it's mm-hmm. pretty common to have some kind of in-person meetup uh, that might depend a lot on the company's stage and also what's going on in in the broader health system right at that moment. Um, there was a, a time where that was not an option, and I feel like it's starting to return to be an option again. Mm-hmm. But I've I've noticed even if you work remotely, if you come together in person for a bit, you you take some of that context home with you back to your remote work and that can help break some ice a little bit yeah true maybe they're just tired you see work-related messages in the evening and on weekends maybe they're just (laughs) they're just feeling sleepy because they're working too much yeah Uh, it's like well look i don't have the energy to talk to you right now i'm giving everything i got you're trying to talk to them about their personal lives what if they don't have any (laughs) yeah maybe they're like i'm embarrassed just the work yeah it doesn't feel good to bomb though i or to feel like you're trying you're you're throwing out some energy and getting nothing back. You know that feels bad. Yeah. Uh and is is very contagious once it once it starts. Maybe see if you can get an ally. I don't know. Is there one person? Maybe maybe the whole team in a group is is tricky, but there's one person you hit it off with and then you can build from there. Maybe. And that's probably a good way to go is start one-on-one. The other thing you can do is uh oh man, I hate to say this cuz it's a, such an in-person thing to do. And I'm, I'm gathering from this question that it's fully remote. But the other thing you can do is um, games. You know, find things to do together that are fun, lighthearted, yeah. easy, and do it. Now, this is classic in-person. So I remember before COVID, we, you know, I would see teams get together all the time at lunchtime, and they would play card games, or they would have topics they would discuss and things they would do together. And I think this helped a lot with the camaraderie. And I got to say, I've seen a lot of teams try to do this online in a fully remote way. And it's just a little weird you know, but it can work. There's a whole industry that has popped up devoted to trying to make this work, though. You have a, if you want to pay money for this, there's a wide variety of options of tools and companies to facilitate that kind of team building while remote. Interesting. You can also just, I don't know, you could just go play agar.io. <laughs> yeah. Familiar with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have children, so I am familiar with that. Yeah, just hop in there with your whole team and try and 
absorb each other. It's like it's snakes bacteria. going around and stuff or whatever it is. Or... Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a snake one. I think this one is you're a little like amoeba. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. It is heavily monetized since last time I saw oh, really? it. It's like loaded with advertisements. <laughs> yeah, I can buy coins and boosts and oh, get skins. Oh, well, that's pretty crucial. Yes. Well, have we answered the question? I think so. It's um, I think my summary is that this is a uphill battle that you may never be able to win because some some teams, are, I, especially if you're not in the leadership role, some teams are very challenging to to force this. But I will say that just trying to bolt, like to append social interactions into the team processes and rituals that are already happening, is probably not going to help. Yeah, it's kind of a cliche to say this, but it, it is a cultural thing, and culture change is uh, is hard. Yeah, it's hard to do. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of deliberate effort to move it in a deliberate direction. Uh, I guess it's 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 always changing. Just kind of yep, because it's a living thing. But okay, well, have we answered the question now? I think so. Good luck. Good luck. What can people do if they would like their own questions answered? Go over to the worldwide interwebs. Softskills.audio is the website. Click the Ask Us a Question button. Thank you so much to everyone who submits questions in our forum. We really appreciate them, and we will answer all of them one day indeed thank you for listening we'll catch you next week 